Have you ever read the Bible all the way through? If your answer is no, well, you're not alone. So many Christians who have wanted to read God's Word all the way through never make it to the end. For many others, it's been ages since the last time they've read through some of the Bible's richest books, like Job or the Psalms or one of my personal favorites, Isaiah. Hi, I'm Charles Morris, and you're joining me on the Great Stories Podcast. And I need to issue a warning. I'm warning you that by the end of this episode, you might be inspired to read all of God's Word in just three months. But you should also know that by committing to read the entire Bible in 90 days, you'll be far more likely to finish than other plans you may have heard of or even tried. At haventoday.org, we even have a weekly email that you can sign up for to encourage you along the way with biblical insights, comments from others who have also taken the challenge, as well as summary recaps of where Jesus showed up in what you just finished reading. But before you sign away your next three months, I want you to hear from the man who created the Bible in 90 days, the reading plan. His story is significant because at the time he first undertook the challenge, he was an agnostic. But by the time he got halfway through the Bible, he was convinced that God was real and that he was even loved. It's quite the story. So I'm sharing it once again with you today. After you listen to this conversation, I know you'll be inspired to follow this same 90-day journey. So be sure to visit haventoday.org after this episode and sign up for the challenge. Join me. I'm doing it too, and I know you won't regret it. Welcome to Haven Today. We're traveling to Houston, Texas, and in the studios of KHCB and the network there, my good friend and the founder of the Bible in 90 Days program, it's Ted Cooper. Ted, welcome back again one more time to the program. Charles, wonderful to be with you. Hey, we have done this more than once before, but if everybody else is like me, and I think they are, we all think about what we need to be doing and doing better in a brand new year. That includes reading the Bible, doesn't it? Well, absolutely. You know, for as many people who have now done this, there are still tens of millions, hundreds of millions, even billions of people who haven't. And so this is the crusade. This is the mission uh, Mm. to help all people read all of God's Word. Mm. It's something that, I'll just say this, I've said it to you before, I laughed when I first heard about reading the Bible in 90 days, and I thought it was just another gimmick. I haven't done it as many times as you've done it, Ted, but I've certainly done it several times, and it is a wonderful way to read God's Word and get a quick overview from Genesis to Revelation. We had to just get started, and even some of our listeners may have heard you tell your testimony before, and I use the word testimony because you are a Christian now. Tell us what was going on in your life when you even started to read the Bible. You know, this all started for me, at least, uh, back in 1999, so a few years back at this point. We were at a point where I was agnostic, my wife was agnostic, and uh, but we had three children at that point that were getting to the age where they were impressionable, 
And we decided that rather than have them grow up in a non-Christian household or in a household in which we were blatantly disavowing God and Jesus Christ, we thought, well, gosh, you know, let's let them go to church, be in Sunday school, and make up their own minds. And so we had uh, otherwise remained very silent on the subject. So Mm. we decided to bundle them up, throw them in the car one Sunday, take them to a church that uh, we knew had a very good youth program and that I, in fact, had attended to as a, as a child and walked through the door with them. And mm. as we joke now, you know, that was our big mistake. Becky and I crossed the threshold ourselves. Well, before we keep going in that story, something happened to you. Did you just go off to college, graduate from high school, or, or at some point you didn't buy into it any longer? You were Thomas. You were a doubter. Oh, absolutely. You know, I had gone to church as a child and gone through, in fact, even the confirmation process, but very much a kicking and screaming approach and did it more than anything else because it was going to make my parents happy. Mm. And it walked away from that. And we'd laugh now because I know very well the two Sunday school teachers that I had at the time. And they continued to shake their heads and go, gosh, you were sort of the last person we ever expected to see back in church. Well, the bottom line is, I've, you know, we were agnostic, and I've always felt that the reason we were agnostic was we just weren't brave enough to be atheists. Mm. We weren't brave enough to say, no, absolutely, there is no God, but we just don't think that there is one, and even if there is, why waste the time, frankly? Why waste our lives wondering about this thing that will never be proven mm. uh, until, in fact, we die? So. That was very much uh, my mindset, and uh, I can't speak for Becky, but essentially within the range, that was hers as well, that this was just something that we didn't know. It was unknowable. Uh, Let's not waste our time with it. However, let's don't impose that thinking on our children. Mm -hmm. Uh, We certainly wanted the best for them, and if we were wrong, we didn't want to impose that on them. So take them to church let them decide for themselves, and yet let's don't send a negative message by not going in ourselves. Okay. So we made that mistake, we crossed the threshold, (laughs) and we joined a class called Discovery 101 that was led by a wonderful pastor by the name of uh, Carl Hamilton, one by the name of Susan Ray, and they just did a wonderful job for four weeks introducing what were typically uh, prospective members of the church to the Christian faith, to the faith as practiced by that church. So we just went and kind of thought, well, we'll you know see what they have to say. Mm-hmm. And frankly, we would leave every week and kind of shaking our head and going, boy, they've got this wrong. Wow. I, I remember very vividly the opportunity to study the prodigal son. And Becky and I both left there thinking, wow, that's just all about bad parenting. But what did happen during this particular hour each week for four weeks was that Carl Hamilton would ask a question or pose a question that I just couldn't answer, that my worldview couldn't answer. And it made me mad. Mm. And he Mm. suggested that the Christian worldview really did have the answer. This made me mad. It took me out of my comfort zone. And I wanted back in my comfort zone just as quickly as possible. And so the noodling that I did arrived at at a plan. And the plan was, hmm, 
I want to get back in my comfort zone. The way that I can do that is to actually read the book that's supposed to tell me all about the Christian faith. Yes. And so I need to figure out a way to do it, and frankly, and do it as quickly as possible so that I can go back to my disbelief and my comfortable life. If you just joined us, you're listening to Haven Today. My friend Ted Cooper, the founder of the Bible in 90 Days, is on with us. He's sharing how he came to know the Lord. And uh, Ted, how did you work this out? You're a linear thinker, and you decided you wanted to check the book out to see if it was really true. Well, you know, Charles, I was a businessman, and I was used to thinking in terms of projects, and I was used to thinking in terms of ahead of time, thinking through things, how do I make sure that this project is going to be successful? This particular project was to read all of God's Word. I knew and had met plenty of people who had started out to read uh, the entire Bible, and the vast majority of them had failed, and I didn't want to be one of those people. That would be contrary to the success that I wanted to have, which was to read all of God's Word. So I thought through the process of what kind of resource do I need, and that would mean a particular Bible. What what would be the time frame that would be successful for me? Uh, and in my case, I thought, you know, I won't stick with it over a, a year. And so 90 days made a lot of sense for me. Uh, I thought, well, gosh, I can do anything for, for three months. So I set out to find what seemed like it would be a good resource with regard to the Bible, which would be a nice readable translation, wanted it to be a, a, a real big B translation, mm-hmm. and decided that the NIV would be ideal for me for doing this reading. I thought, gosh, if I'm going to be spending a lot of time with it, I don't have eyesight problems, but it might as, might as well be a comfortable-sized font. So I was looking for a Bible that was an NIV with extra-large print. I had talked with a number of people who, as they were doing their attempted read through the Bible, had gotten stuck in the footnotes. So I would look for a Bible that had very few footnotes. There are a wide variety of Bibles out there, and some of them are big and fat and just look imposing. And I wanted a Bible that I could look at and go, gosh, that's thin. I can read that. And spent three weeks, actually, just kind of at night on the way home from work. I dropped by a variety of bookstores in the Houston area. Finally, after three weeks, I found what seemed to me to be the ideal reading Bible and purchased it, got started. Wow. It's amazing that you did this and went to all this much trouble to not believe in something that you didn't expect to be having any impact in the future in your life or in your kids' lives either. But you started the project then. You started reading the Bible through in 90 days. So I guess, as they say, the rest is history. But what happened? The first half... I was reading along. I was trying to be very open-minded about it. I didn't want to go in with a defeatist attitude. I didn't expect to have my mind changed by it, but I didn't want to read it in such a way that I would clearly not have my mind changed by it. So Mm -hmm. with a fairly open mind, I started reading it. I kept reading it. I read 12 pages a day, and darn it, halfway through— I didn't realize that I was actually believing what I was reading. For anyone who's never read the Bible all the way through, 
you were still in the Old Testament. You hadn't even gotten to the New Testament yet, had you? Still in the Old Testament, somewhere in Isaiah or Jeremiah. At You know, this is my first time through. Mm. I wasn't keeping them straight, which one was which. Mm. But yes, in the Old Testament, and in fact, in the in the major prophets, which is not a particularly likely place to become a believer, but uh, I did. Mm. Amazing, amazing. So you actually lost your agnosticism somewhere in between Isaiah and Jeremiah, the spirit of the living God, uh, maybe it was Isaiah 61 even, the spirit of the living God actually was speaking to you then. I believe so. I wouldn't have believed it before, but at this moment, this great revelation was, I believe this, and it changed my life so dramatically and yet so subtly at the same time. When I woke up the next morning, I still had the same personality. I still had a lot of the same quirks and approaches to life, and my compass had been changed. And the big issue for me had been I had always thought that I was in control. Mm -hmm. And once I accepted that there is a God and that he sent his son to die for our sins, to be our Savior— I had to accept that I wasn't in charge and that he was in charge. He is in charge. And if I'm going to have a life that has has meaning, I better figure out what the creator's plan for me is and get with that program. Mm. And I have this picture of your wife, Becky, just having been born a believer. So it's kind of surprising for me to think of Becky, your wonderful wife, as an agnostic at some point. But um, you fell first for the Lord, didn't you? And then and then she came not too long after that. I did. About a year and a half later, she went through a very similar process, actually reading it and becoming a believer uh, in the process herself. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I was careful not to do was to push her. Mm-hmm. I did let her know over a period of time that I had become a believer, that this had changed my life dramatically or changed my compass dramatically. She got to see the fruits of that and I think paid attention and, uh, you know, started off with some level of skepticism, I'm sure, on her part Mm. uh, and, and, and paid attention. And it took her a while before she decided to take the step of, hey, uh, well, maybe I ought to read this and you know see what I think of this as well. But she did, and uh, about a year and a half later, became a believer in the process herself. Ted Cooper in Houston, Texas, I am so amazed. This is a risky thing. As we're urging people to join us, I'm doing it again this year, read the Bible through in 90 days. If you do not believe that Jesus Christ is your Savior, you know in your heart you're not a believer. We're going to ask you to do this, but you better be careful for what you ask for, I guess. I think that's what people's big fear is, and I do understand it coming from one side to the other. The neat thing that I can guarantee to people is that if you take the leap, you will not regret it. Mm. If we accept the notion that God created us, that he created this incredible universe with wonderful blessings and also horrible tragedies, then... What we want to do, I believe, is be on his team. And if we're not, 
then what we have to understand is that we are in a battle against the Creator. And that doesn't make any sense. Mm. We're not going to win that battle. No. So as much as we may fear change at any point in time, the great thing is he has wonderful plans in store for us. And I can tell you 13 years ago, I would have been very, very cynical uh, if I heard somebody on the radio telling me that. And what I would just ask people and invite people uh, very heartily to do is go find out for yourself. That is a big part of what we think the, the mission of this ministry is, is to help people find out for themselves what this wonderful scripture says. God gave us this gift, and most of us, including the vast majority of Christians, have never fully unwrapped it. Please do. Mm. When you do, you get to respond to it. You get to decide whether you're, it makes you happy, it makes you mad, it makes you knowledgeable, it, it, it confuses you. But you go through this process, and I think you're going to come out on the other end going, gosh, I'm glad I did that. In the years that we've done this, Charles, not a single person ever has come to me or mailed me or emailed me and said, I wish I hadn't done this, Hmm. not one. Wow. Ted Cooper, founder of the Bible in 90 Days, thank you for sharing your story with us. We're going to have you back on the program tomorrow. We're going to actually talk through some of the issues. How in the world do I do it? Welcome to Haven Today, and with us from Houston, Texas, is my friend and brother in Christ, Ted Cooper. Ted, thanks for sticking around and joining us one more day on the program. Delighted to do it, Charles. Thank you. And if you missed yesterday, Ted is the founder of the Bible in 90 Days. He shared with us how he was an agnostic, his wife as well. They took their kids to church to let them decide how it wasn't true for themselves. And in the process, Mom and Dad became believers in Jesus Christ. Just briefly, Ted, for anyone who missed yesterday, remind us how you came up with testing God for 90 days, which really didn't turn out to be 90 days. Well, I think the main thing was I was trying to figure out if there were a God or not and decided that reading the book would probably be the fastest way to come to that determination. And if I were going to read the book, I wanted to be successful and in, in, in read all of it. And so just came up with the thought of let's go find a good reading Bible, start at the beginning, set a three-month time limit, and read from cover to cover like we do any other book. And if I can do that, maintain the discipline, and avoid the distraction of extraneous footnotes and that sort of thing, then I'll have done a fair reading and could make a determination of uh, in my personal determination whether there was a God or not. And to my great uh, surprise, halfway through, it occurred to me that I do believe, I believe very strongly that there is a God, and, and what a wonderful revelation it was for me. And I'll never forget how you told me the very first time when you shared your story, by the time you realized, yes, there is a God, I believe in God, it was easy to then meet Christ the Son of God as your Savior. Absolutely. I knew what was being pointed to all along. For me, there was no never a question of an all-powerful God sending his Son to die for our sins. If we accept the notion of an omnipotent God, then the rest of the story makes perfect sense. Mm. 
It was the absolute aspect of is there a creator or not that was of great issue to me. Ted, the most amazing thing is you then, after becoming a Christian, decided to just give up your business that you'd been in. You founded a ministry that's been going now for over a decade. The Lord has used this. Even as we give the challenge to people who don't believe in God, they don't know Christ Jesus, but then those that do. You've kind of got two sides out there. You've got those who aren't believers, and they kind of are intrigued by what the Bible teaches. But then you've got everybody else that's maybe been a believer for decades. They've never read the Bible cover to cover. It's a guilt trip, isn't it, for a lot of Christians? (laughs) Well, I do think that a lot of Christians feel some level of guilt about it. I know that most have this on their bucket list. Uh It is something that most people, including non-Christians, want to do sometime in their lifetime. The Bible is the most impactful book in uh, Western civilization, in fact, in in world history. And, And so at whatever level you choose to point to, um, mm-hmm. this is a book that ought to be read. Mm. And most people will die without ever having done this, without ever having read all of the Bible. And what a tragedy that would be. Mm. I wouldn't exactly call that a sin, but I guess a little lightheartedly, I could call it a crime. So what'd you do with the, the Bible in 90 Days organization? The organization came out of this little volunteer effort that I put together for my local church. And uh, the pastors were extremely skeptical that uh, there would be a response. And instead, there was huge response for it. Then there was a lot of skepticism that people who started would actually finish. Instead, there was a incredible finish rate to the extent that after I did this a couple of times, it became clear it was that I needed to take that this outside the walls of my church, and I did that and realized as well that it was something that I was going to have to leave my career to do. Mm. And so that was a, a, a huge struggle for me. It took me about 18 months to really kind of work through that, but also it made clear to me just in, 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 in assessing myself what a great impact uh, reading this book had made on me. Even in the face of uh, just lots of challenges, I'm thankful every single day that I've done this, that I read the Bible, that I was led to help others do this, and what it did for me, and I think what it's doing and, and, and leading for a lot of people who are doing this reading is all of a sudden, I really understood that God had a purpose in mind for me in my life, and I got to be on this journey, which is to actually do this wonderful thing, which is to help other people read all of God's Word. And and I can tell you that there's not anything in a professional realm that I could ever do with my life that will that will be better than this. Mm. And I know this. Yes. And it's just a wonderful thing. And. Ted, a lot of people in a lot of strange, unusual situations have done this. I guess maybe the first time we had you on the air, you sent me off to Ohio, a small town, (laughs) and uh, every church in the town was participating. And for those doubters, like you were at one point, the gentleman running the program in all the churches 
also went ahead and held it in a movie theater once a week where everyone doing it would get together. You'd talk about what you read. And uh, I've never seen anything like it. But you've had other stories like that, haven't you? Absolutely. Well, that was John Nolman in, yes. in Waterville, Ohio. Yes. Then it has happened in, in uh, a number of other communities throughout the United States. We're now in prisons, uh, and the prison population is just really responding very strongly to this. We're seeing this, and, and it continues to spread throughout the United States. We've been in, virtually throughout the entire United States. We're in 20 foreign countries. We've got people that are doing this at their kitchen tables or, or entire churches that are doing this. Mm-mm. People really, one, can do this, and two, want to do this. And it's a wonderful thing where we see pastors who are taking over new churches. And one of the things that um, you can make this uh, incredible impact early on is by changing the culture in the church, by actually having people go from being pretty illiterate biblically to having a Bible in 90 days church-wide opportunity where a majority of a church all of a sudden becomes biblically aware, biblically literate Mm. at some level uh, very quickly. Mm. That's going to cause change. That's going to cause change individually. Uh, It's going to cause change in the congregation, and it's causing change in the communities within which the congregations are operating. Mm. If you just joined us, you're listening to Haven Today, and on with me is Ted Cooper, the founder of The Bible in 90 Days. He's coming to us from Houston, Texas, and uh, KHCB Network. Ted, let's say I want to do this. And as I've said to you, I was skeptical when I first heard of this program, to read The Bible in 90 Days. First of all, you don't have to use any one particular translation of the Bible, do you? No, you don't. We make it easy for you. You can get the large print NIV that Ted actually used when he challenged God and became a believer. We have that. But we also have the card that you can download or get on the phone and ask us for, and we'll mail it to you with the actual plan. And you can use that with whatever translation you're with. But we're making it sound easy. In a way, it is but also it isn't necessarily. So how do I do it? How do I succeed at doing it? Well, there are cha- challenges, Charles, and, and the, the number one thing, I believe, is to start with a good resource, and in this case, the resource includes the Bible. Whereas people can choose to use their own Bible in this, we do think that there are some Bibles that are much better suited for this than others. The particular one that we have emblazoned with the Bible in 90 Days moniker has all those qualities that I talked about yesterday, which is the extra-large print, NIV translation, very few footnotes. It's thin, so you look at it and go, yes, I can do this reading. Mm -hmm. It also, every 12th page, which you read 12 pages a day in order to finish in 90 days, every 12th page, it has a little bug on it that says, uh, this is the end of this day and the beginning of the next day. So what we want to do in this is make it very simple for people to do and reduce the hurdles that participants often uh, encounter when they're trying to do this reading. So number one is starting off with the with a good resource with regard to a good reading Bible, and we believe that this is one. 
Another part, though, is getting together in community in some way, shape, or fashion. And uh, Charles has been running uh, for several years a radio version of community to do Bible mm-hmm. 90 Days. Mm-hmm. And they're going to be, uh, not only is he going to support people on the radio, but also through, via the website and has some different ways to do that support. And so that's very important to be part of a community in doing this. We also recommend if you have the opportunity to get some other people, whether it be family members or church members, and have a face-to-face community with this. And the way that you can do this is be reading along with Charles on his schedule and yet meet on a weekly basis in your kitchen Mm -hmm. or at your church and use some of the resources that are available. And he's going to have some some, uh, resources available on the Haven Today website and some links to some other resources. So take advantage of those gather a community around you so that you're doing the reading on your own, but you're also coming together on a weekly basis with a group of people who are doing exactly the same thing as you are. And all of those things come together to help you have a incredibly successful experience in actually doing the reading. And then you're going to be impacted because you're reading God's Word. Yes, we've said this before, Ted. It's not a Bible study It's reading the Bible in 90 days. Both have their place, but this is getting that 30,000-foot overview of what is God's Word all about. I think if you'll do this with me, you'll come to the conclusion that uh, our slogan we use on the program is true. It's all about Jesus, including the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. Ted, 90% of the people who've tried to read the Bible in a year have failed. That's why I like this, because in three months, less than three months, you can read the Bible, have it behind you. But I say that when it's really all in front of you when you finish. It's just a remarkable experience to do. And thank you for sharing this with me. Ted Cooper, my brother in Christ, uh, thank you for just blessing us the last couple of days on the program. Thank you for joining me for today's episode, our first episode of 2022. And I also want to thank Ted Cooper in Houston for that conversation we had on reading the Bible in 90 days. If you want to get started on this challenge yourself, just head on over to haventoday.org and learn more. If you want to hear more conversations like this, why don't you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts? And if you enjoyed this episode, please help us get the word out by leaving a five-star review. You can also go to haventoday.org to sign up for our weekly email and discover additional episodes posted on the blog. And as always, thank you for joining me once again on Great Stories with Charles Morris. Charles Morris.